The Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. If I told you what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it. Hurling has to be the most difficult, eye-hurting sport I've ever witnessed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been described as the bridesmaids of Hurling, but today we got married. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air, and then hit it. But, but the part, late. I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking pace. Hello and welcome to the Hurling Podcast. It's not often you give another team an 11-point head start and are able to come back and beat them. And while Wexford made a good stab at it at the weekend, we ultimately fell short and exited the championship for a second year in a row to Clare. A somber drive home from Thurla Saturday, Ben? I suppose it was. It wasn't a bit disappointing, but at least we, we definitely turned up. The guys gave everything, so we can't complain in that respect. Well, we, we turned up maybe a bit late, but we, we turned up. Maybe a bit late, yeah. But we're definitely fighting till the final whistle. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Limerick, on the other hand, could turn around a 10-point deficit as they went on to win by five versus Tip in the Munster final. We're joined by former Wexford players Davy Redmond and Andrew Shaw to discuss the weekend's games with a focus on Wexford versus Clare. A strange tweet. A bit of a, a subplot to Davy's argument with Brian Lawn, but Paul Galvin in on the act tweets the other day: Davy Fitz loves to play the victim when it suits him. He's far from a victim in how he behaves behind the scenes while fronting to the media, and I can personally attest to that. Hope someone in the media has the guts to ask him the hard questions. Like from your from your time, Davy coaching in Ferns, did you notice this? animosity between Davy and Paul Gavin? Probably didn't see a whole lot of it, lads, to be honest. Uh, obviously, the footballer, the senior footballers and the senior herders train side by side. Um, now, I would have heard a little bit of talk about maybe the two guys gossiping for um, each other's attention, maybe. Who's coaching, who, who's getting the most out of their players, maybe. The most interaction with, with their players. Uh, who can be the loudest? Who can have the who can have the better drills or the, or, or the better session? I, I have heard that. But um, I didn't see any animosity. Um, I'd imagine two big, big characters, like, you know, big personalities. You know, probably two, two egos as well. Like, you know, there's obviously everyone has a certain ego, but we're talking about uh, two massive personalities. And, you know, they're probably striving for that affection then from the Wexford supporters and who can get the most but uh, it was probably coming comments like that generally do come on, on, on Twitter and, and the likes when uh, after a defeat like that when there's a man down um, I wouldn't be a bit, a bit of a cheap shot wasn't it like absolutely, absolutely I don't, I don't think there was a need and just the fact that he, he's calling them David Fitz loving to play the victim and sure wasn't Galvin himself talking in the papers last May 
given out that Davy had brought in two of the footballers that he dropped from the panel. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, listen, sure. Once, um, once Galvin left the footballer's job, um, he, I think he was actually he was never off the he was never, he was never off the, the the media circuit. They were talking about Wexford fo- football since he did leave. So. Um, I don't know. Uh, Western football didn't need that. Um, from speaking to some of the the footballing people since, um, I don't know how high they they hold him in regards. You know, since since he walked out on him halfway through it. You know, that's not a great sign. I suppose no. Davy's been Davy's been there for five years now, and um, you know, he's put his uh, he's put plenty of work into it, plenty of effort into it, and blood, sweat, and tears. He did. Easiest thing in the world could have been to walk out during COVID. We didn't. So yeah, definitely a cheap shot. Definitely probably looking for attention. Everything, uh, everything with these guys I see now, these uh, these top managers is a uh, is a uh, is about building a building a brand. If you ask me, and ulterior motives, whether it's they get into management further down the road or or build a build their brand from a from a career point of view outside of GA. Um, but listen. Everyone's still on. We obviously had a pretty bad start on Saturday, Andrew. Like, and there's been a lot of criticism over the way we played in the beginning of the game. Why, why do you think that we, we had such a bad start? I don't know. Like, from from being from being in the stand, I suppose you can see you can see a lot more than from the television. It just we had no one inside inside forty in inside forty meters for most of that first period up until the first water break. Um, see, the thing with with Davy's system is when it works, it's it's the greatest call of any manager. Like when he when he he crowds up the middle, they run like run the ball, take scores from distance. But when it doesn't work. It's way worse than a normal setup not working. If you understand me, and obviously f- from a fan side of view, like point of view, like it's it's very easy to have a pop at the system. Um, like they would have played a very similar setup against Tipperary for long periods of time in the All Ireland semi final that they should have won, and that's when it worked. Get the ball run, pop, pop, pop. Now also, I suppose managers are. Onto it, and they and they and they set up differently against it as well. But um, yeah, I I just don't think it, there was there wasn't a change of setup made quick enough. Like it was it was very obvious after kind of eight nine minutes. Like this isn't working. Like anytime Wexford were getting the ball, even just before you started recording, Ben, when you mentioned when when Dio Keith got the ball and he looked up at one stage and he literally had nowhere to hit it. I thought that was that was a big telling point. So maybe. Maybe the, the the time that he decides to switch his shape or change his shape um, should have been made quicker, and I think that was probably the biggest reason for for the very poor start. Yeah, like you mentioned, when it works, it's fantastic. Like, yeah, Tipperary uh, 2019. I'd say a lot of 2019, and even Kilkenny two weeks ago. For most parts of that game, Wexford were irresistible. But you also touched on it, like. That other managers are kind of getting to grips with it. Is it too predictable? But yeah, well, I think that's. I think that would be the argument from a lot of people, a lot of hurling people in Wexford. 
at this stage it is. Like you like you even know as Kilkenny did it really well the last even though Wexford probably should have won the match in normal time, but just one part of the game. Teams are now starting to let Wexford have the short puck out. Because they know they're not going to just hit it anyway and push up. So they're letting cornerback, fullback have it carried out a bit and they're just dropping off and kind of filling the space that say in nineteen that was there for cornerbacks, wing backs to hit the space. And when it looks really lovely or if they did drop off when the running game was really working well. But it has been different the last two years. The teams are kind of happy to say, look, listen, let them have the ball. Like we kind of know what they're going to do. And that, and it, and out of all the days it, it looked really obvious to even you could see how frustrated Mark Fanning seemed in the goal on pokeouts. He was he seemed to be very verbal and all arms. And he's usually not like that. And in general, his pokeouts are good. But something for some reason didn't look as if it was clicking, especially in that first period. We're even predictable when we're going long though, aren't we? Because we're playing no one in there. And then all of a sudden, okay, two lads, Jack O'Connor and Lee Chain, you go in there. And now we're going long. So Claire knew we were going to go long every single time. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but you can look at the other side. We kind of knew that Claire were going to go along a lot of the time too. And Aaron Shanahurst did did very well. There was still that like if if your players are in farm as well, like really top farm, that that's another an, a, another big thing. Like like I don't know how like even the like, even Rory O'Connor the last day towards what he's been doing kind of for the last two or three years didn't look as sharp and as quick and as it like like t- like you just wouldn't like he, you wouldn't have backed him every time to like score those points down the sidelines all those different things but look at that's that's a, that's another thing i suppose as well that's that's down to the players as well to make sure that they're in that kind of form yeah and davy as a, as a coach yourself like that first period of the game when Claire were all over Wexford and Wexford couldn't lay a glove on him. What do you do? What, what What's the message? Is it is it a change of tactics that's needed or is it something, is it words with your players? Or? Um, yeah, you have to try to kill the game, to be honest. Kill the game, kill the tempo. And what's, um, the water breaks are generally good in that regard. Um, you want to do something tactically in between that period. It's very, very difficult now, lads, without especially now since the, the rule with the Mayor Forna now um, has come in and been able to go into the field and change and, and give a message maybe to change tactically or change the setup. Something I found incredibly hard to, uh, to deal with. Um, you find yourself shouting from the sideline, trying to pass messages from one player to another player. And it doesn't work. So you're only waiting to get them in for a water break as soon as possible to change it up. Um, and still, then, it might be perfect. It'll be a few... You try to calm them down, um, calm your players down, try and think clearly and try and um, probably concentrate on killing the killing the tempo for the other team. A lot of people talk about players going down. You'll see it a lot now with lads taking helmets off, taking their eyes, all this kind of crack. That's to kill the tempo, right? The refs are actually starting to book players now for doing that intentionally, but... Um, it's very hard to stop, lads. It's very hard to stop. Like in the game the other day, the only reason that stopped is because Dio Keith broke onto a onto a ball and scored a goal. That's how the, that's how Wexford came back into the game. I feel. Um, but just on that, just on that point, though, that's 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 an example of what was happening right in two thousand and nineteen 
when he broke onto that ball, the reason he had the whole pitch in front of him was because we had no one in there. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a that's a, a, a perfect example of when the system works, and it was only for a half a second, and it was goal. Just but nearly said the same for Rory hitting the side net as well. Wasn't quite the same kind of setup, but it was he got onto a, the back of a breaking ball. I can't, I can't exactly remember, but when he picked the ball, it was him and his man between the like th- that space was there. There was no one there in it. What what it is, lad, structurally, from what I can see or what I think it is, is the reason why they're going. They're going with this. It look, appears to be this false nine approach. You hear a lot about it in soccer, where you don't actually play a striker or. or centre forward up front in soccer Man City and a lot of these teams play now Barcelona the reason being is you're trying to stretch the defenders and you're trying to get them to push up on you push up on you push up on you leave space behind and then you have got you use pace to get in behind and instead of having your back to goal you're attacking the goal straight on right you're attacking space so Wexford have players that the glory Chin um, Colin Barr for example the O'Keefe midfielders coming through, and you're just attacking space. So you're basically pulling their full back line out to the half back line. Um, it's probably a new tactic going to come into Harlan. Um, does it work every time? Definitely not. Um, I don't know if you can do it for can do it for a full game. I think that's what Andrew was saying. That that's why guys went in like like Conor Mack did go inside inside in front of the goal there in the first half. The boys definitely went inside in the second half, um, the deep, but um, I know there has been a, a lot of talk about Wexford having no inside options and maybe when we actually do have players like like uh, Lee Chin and, and Connor, and we saw it at the very end of the game, how dangerous they can be when the high ball went in. It's probably an easier score, lads, to get the ball in, get the ball in direct to guys like that, to get, get the ball directed to catchers and big ball winners. Not every team has them. Um, it's it's definitely a weapon that Wexford have, and um, the way that we're playing and have played, like we saw Rory scoring some incredible points over the last number of weeks. Like they are incredible points out of this world scores, like out on the sideline. It's very hard to keep that going. Kilkenny are artist. Yeah, Kilkenny. It's a, the way we play. It seems to be it works well, like a like a perfect storm and such. When it works well, it's deadly, but when it doesn't, it's very hard. It's very hard to get back and get some flow. Um, teams are building walls across the middle of the pitch. They're letting your ball carriers, your cornerbacks, just carry it, carry it, carry it. As Andrew said, the space is getting condensed. There's less inside space, and it's just easier there to win the dirty ball when it is broken. Then um, We got away with it against Leash because Leash let our cornerbacks carry it out to midfield. The rule is get the ball out to mid, get the ball to midfield, and then let it in. But uh, Leash, Leash probably weren't as uh, as confident in this in, in their setup as Kilkenny are. Probably another worry is like, that teams are probably as good, if not better, at Wexford at the moment at playing that style. Mm. Kilkenny have adapted massively, and we see it in the in the Leinster final. You know their wing backs are scoring two and three every day. Their cornerbacks are getting up the field scoring. You know, Limerick's wing backs are scoring. It's, I don't know if, if if we're the only team now that are, are playing this particular style. 
Um, there's definitely room for improvement. There's definitely we definitely have to look at it uh, going forward. But it all depends on the players that you've got personally. And um, I haven't got the answers to be honest. But um, a lot of teams are finding it a lot easier to set up against Wexford now. Do you think maybe a couple of years ago, maybe Davy was tactically ahead of others, and maybe now the rest are after catching up, figuring them out? Yeah, yeah. Um, like the Davy's innovation is class, um, and certainly at the very beginning, especially coming up against Kilkenny, uh, it definitely worked. Um, in the first year, it absolutely did. It was visible on the pitch, even as a player. You know, Kilkenny didn't know what to do, um, and it was brilliant as a player. You know, players want answers, players want structure, players want to know their role. You know, players are very smart now. You know, I'm not saying every player wants it, but a lot of players want this instruction. You'd even see that with younger players. Um, just like the detail. Um, but he, I think too much detail. Absolutely. I think he does um, that with, with every team, though. I, I like it was the same, say, when Clare won the All-Ireland couple of years and then it kind of clicked when he's done it with Waterford he did it with Wexford but I know as well like in that that first year Dave was just mentioned about the anything it's actually fun do you know when when someone tells you something and you nearly nervously laugh because you kind of fucking think that like he's bang on here like that's that's like I, I said to loads of people the way David Fitzgerald thinks about Harlan is way different than everyone is like I think Kenny and Limerick now have have a, a super balance of that carrying the hand pass, hand pass, and playing the long game. But like David said there, like that that first time that he explained to everyone, this is how we're going to play and this is what we're going to do. Like it was, it, it just it wasn't like any Wexford hurling before. Like and I was kind of looking at Jesus, like this is crazy, but as in it's going to work. Like and he brings that's that's. That's his innovation, and, p- and other teams do pick up on that and use bits of it. I think. See, I, I just don't know how how long it can last, like longevity of that kind of. And it's been like people say it, like that hangover after Davy Fitz has been involved with teams. When other teams start to find out, right, this is how they're doing, or this is their style. Like five years is a long time. Two thousand nineteen, obviously, everyone knows Wexford. The way they played against Tipperary should have won the game and probably won the All Ireland. And it's nearly come, it's nearly petered out or even went down a little bit now because mm-hmm. just all the other teams that are back, they know what's going to happen. They know what's going to happen and they've kind of taken some of Davy's best bits as well to use them Absolutely. for their own teams. Absolutely. Like you look at the on the Sunday game, they were crediting John Kiley with putting Kyle Hayes wing back and Kyle Hayes reinventing wing back because he's getting up, scoring goals and scoring points. But sure, Sean Murphy has been doing that for years under Davy. Uh, and 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 now and now, yeah, Kyle Hayes is fairly good, fairly good at it too. And as Davy was saying, Kilkenny have lads that are doing that now as well. So that's yeah. that's the Cork, other kind Cork, of Cork as well, lads. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I suppose what Davy was trying to do with this with this new approach of bringing everyone out to leave space behind was just another innovative tactic that he's bringing into the game that he probably saved and wasn't using it until after the league. Yeah. Um, uh, the big thing is you have to make sure that you have, especially with heat like that that we're having, you have to make sure that you have a, a good enough squad to be able to play that game and make it sustainable. 
I I also think definitely as well the the effort and the stress on bodies after that Kilkenny game definitely had an effect on the match Saturday. I know people say, oh, sure, it was two weeks, it was this, it was that. The, that was frightening, the intensity in that game. Now, I know yesterday you could say it patches, geez, Munster Hurling looks way ahead of Venster. But that, that Kilkenny match, and all obviously with the extra time, and from Davy's side of things, having to bring lads back on that probably weren't like like they were their their day was their race was run already. Like that 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 has a huge effect. I know it's two weeks, but I think that would have had a massive effect on, on Saturday and especially at the start of the match. Yeah, sure. You're looking at a week's recovery anyway, and then the second week is it's just fine tuning stuff, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um but uh, the start of the game again, just because it was I suppose the, the key part of the game might there have been something in the warm-up that wasn't right? Did they do too much? Did they not do enough with the weather being so hot? Did they, would they have changed things for the warm-up with the weather the way it was, do you think? Um, I, I wouldn't say so, lads. I'd always laugh. I'd always say whenever, you, whenever you get beaten in a match, the warm-up is always the first thing that gets uh, brought up in the, in the meeting the, the week after. Um, the week itself is how you build up for the game. If, you, if something happens maybe during the week, some big distraction, you know, some, you know, some player that's being dropped and doesn't like being dropped as morning for the week. That can be a big distraction. It can bring down the whole camp. You know what I mean? I think, lads, honestly, talking about Claire before the game, all over, yet again, the drama and the public scrutiny there about, you know, this relationship between Davey and Brian Owen is absolutely draining as a supporter to be constantly reading and listening about it. Um, I don't think that helps at all. Maybe, maybe players do like it. Maybe team keeps the attention off them. Um, but you'd like to, you'd like to think that you're firmly thinking about Wexford and firmly thinking about getting the best out of your players rather than anything else going on behind the scenes. Listen, uh, the game got away from us in the first fifteen minutes, and that's the reason why we got beaten. You think um, maybe we had the chances to win anyway? Like if you think in the second half there was. Period. I think Dio Keith missed the point. Connell Flood missed the point. Chin missed the free. All in the space of five minutes. I think we might have been level had all the, all them gone over. Personally, I can I consider myself an optimist, but personally, I don't think we were going to win that game. I don't think we were going to win it. Um, the body language of the Clare players, the body, the how easy they were getting their scores at times. Um, Something just didn't look right with some of our players. They looked tired, looked really tired. I mean, I thought Kevin looked really tired. Um, and it probably there was a couple of mistakes came off, and I don't know if he was recovered enough, maybe. Um, you know, uh I think it just was a it was yet again, it was it was a tired and a drain and performance. It just looked like that. Listen, the biggest turning point of the whole game, I felt, was when Rory missed that chance, and Andrew was right, the space was in behind. Mm-hmm. If that space wasn't there, Rory wouldn't have got in for that chance. And if he had buried it, the game could be different. And they went straight back down the field and caught him on scores at Like that is a killer. You're thinking about yeah. big hot day, 28 degrees. Um, you're just after you're working like you're working really, really hard. Finally, you get an, you get an opener. You miss it. Damn, damn. You know, like Jesus. We get another chance, and then they go straight down the field. Easy ball, bang. That 
that can drain you. Now, in fairness, the lads picked their picked their heads up like and went at it again. But I think he scored a point straight after that. Colin Malone, didn't he? Yeah, scored yeah. one one thirty yeah, seconds. That is a and killer. And yeah, I think it was a fairly simple point too, if I remember correctly. But as you say, Claire got their scores so much easier. Like Wexford seemed to really work hard and have to score fairly magical points. Like some of Dunbar's points were outrageous. And Rory O'Connor had some fantastic points. But then a simple mistake and Claire just have a, have a free hit over the bar sometimes. Is, is yeah. Dunbar a fellow we haven't used enough, maybe out the field? Because I know he'd been used a lot in the full forward line. But... Five points in play from half forward. Did quite well. He had a very good year to year. Uh, uh, Gory won the county title inside. He um, he got on a lot. He scored a lot with the club. Um, he came in that time with Wexford, I think, then the following season. and did quite well during the league and played some of the championship games. But um, his pace and his movement, and he's a good strike. Probably haven't backed him enough. But backed him enough as a player. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but like if possibly, I, I do know he was carrying an injury recently. But um, definitely a confidence player, uh, a young player. We don't have many of them. I was very surprised not to see him uh, come on earlier. Yeah, he did come on uh, for the Kilkenny game. Um, like buckets and buckets of potential on on real. Um, not everyone can score those points from play, but yet again there were. I, I, I think it was his third point, which was actually a better score from a Wexford, from a, from a team player point of view. And that was the one straight down the middle, if you know it. Uh, I think it was Rory, Limog or Dio on a hand pass out to Cottle and he struck it over on his left straight down the middle. That was Wexford playing at their best. We need players like Cottle Dunbar now going forward. We need players like, we need Cottle to stand up and be a leader now for, for Wexford for the next um, five, six, seven years. Um, they're the players that we need going forward. I feel that the the more experienced players now have put in a huge effort for the last five years. Have been it's a monumental effort. Have carried that team for a long time. But now we need new leaders. We need new guys to come in and carry that carry that burden for Wexford. I don't know, Andrew. Do you think they are they there, Andrew? They're definitely there if they're like your example of Cahill being a, a confidence player. It's it's the man management of of certain fellas that like you can you can create leaders like they don't have to not necessarily they don't have to be loud and talking and in the huddle but but on on the field like that's what I was saying about like Cahill has done I think about three or four full sessions since he like he had a bit of a tear in his quad like and something clicked for him Saturday and this is not me being ignorant about management but it wasn't from someone within the management team or the selectors bigging him up or, or doing something for his confidence, something clicked in him. Um, and there, there definitely is other leaders. I, like, you look at, like, Lee Chin has been kind of phenomenal for every game. Like, whether whether Wexford are bad, he's never bad in general. Like, he's the real... He, 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 he's, the, he's the target. Like, he's the target for... for any, any, especially any young lads coming up as well. Like, no matter what goes on, he's going to do it. And Rory, even to to this, to a similar effect. Like, it, I don't know. It's it's probably a part. Like, it's their their own attitude, obviously as well. But I agree with David. There's a, there's a lot of tired bodies there mentally and physically, not just like from this season, like, but from a few years, like, um, and it'll 
it, it's, it'll be very interesting to see what happens next year with lads even stepping away, other lads coming through. Those guys like the Lee Mogues, the Dees, the Sean Murphys, Paul Morris, Matt Hannon. If those guys were in, were, were the leaders five years ago, <laughs> you know what I mean? When it, So what we need now is we need someone else to shoulder that burden now for, because those guys have just put in such an effort. They have done a lot. Probably being criticised now uh, this week, you know, 30 years of age, oh, he's bit, he's tired, he's wrecked, oh, move him on, get him out of here. You know, but before you move on players, you have to make sure that we have guys to replace him. So we need those younger guys to really grab the thing and and, and want want to, you know, want to uh, drive the thing on for Wexford and drive themselves on personally, really, and be ambitious and maximise their potential. So that's a big challenge. That's a huge challenge in itself. I, I know that myself. One of the younger lads who probably has come to the fore this year, Shane Rick. He was quite good against Kilkenny and Marken, maybe the best hurt, one of the best hurlers in Ireland on Saturday. How do you think Shane Rick got on on Tony Kelly Andrew? I, I thought he was phenomenal. That's not a reason why I thought like even even with. Uh, Davey said that Wexford, he, I, I did not think Wexford were going to win the game either. And like we took out the best hurler in Ireland. Like kind of consistent. Ah. Like, he, he was phenomenal. I, I just kind of, some of the periods I was just watching him like, and he did a bit of hurling as well himself. He could have actually ended up getting a score to him maybe. Like he's ridiculously quick. His fitness levels are off the charts because Kelly's very good at, and Richie Hogan used to be the same. See, when Rick got the ball, Tony Kelly was gone somewhere else. He knew, right, this time he's gone. And Rick was able to get back to him, like, before anything major happened. Like, he got one point from play, like, it, it was it was off the charts what, what, he did on, what he did on Saturday, I thought. If you played that game ten times uh, again, Andrew, did that happen? No, he's no. going to get he, he's going to get a minimum of four or five points from play, minimum. Like, I don't know if... I don't know if... if, if, if uh, Shane would be able to get that effort out of himself again. He lay down on the pitch after, and he was absolutely emptied. And it wasn't just as I was saying; like he he did a bit of hurling as well as well as Mark and Tony Kelly. Like he was unbelievable. He's the type of guy. He, he is the type of guy that is that he is the type of character that you need. And that's a huge moment for him. Yeah, he's come on. He's he's able to say to himself, "I just I I hurled Tony Kelly." Yeah. Right, I did a job when someone needed to do a job. I did that job. Now he's the type of character. That he's a he's a he's a humble guy. He's a quiet guy, I believe, and the lads really like him from that point of view. So he could play for Wexford for another eight eight nine years, you know. And they're they're the exact type of guys that you want coming forward. But um, another thing, lads, from Clare point of view, that's a decoy as well. If you know what I mean, they just sent Tony out midfield. Shane Rick followed him, left space in behind. They had different players attacked that space and got scores. You know, Aidan McCarty, what did he get? Three points from play. Three um, points, Ryan Taylor. Ryan Taylor went to town as well. Like, you know, they were, they were attacking that space in behind. I know, Andrew, like, Matthew was left it's inside. A decoy, but you have no choice, though, do you? No choice, no choice. But Claire will be delighted this week, realising that they've got players that have stepped up that's not all about Tony Kelly anymore. They've evolved. They've got, they've improved as a team. I know we've done enough talking about Clare or, or we're talking about Wexford that's the most important thing for us moving forward and you said that uh, Davey that the, 
the first thing you do, you know, after losing or after, after having a bad start is you, uh, people will always look at the warm-up and stuff. But another thing that they'll do is look at the referee. And I don't want to go too much on criticising Fergal Horgan. We, we've, we've talked a lot on the podcast about how difficult the referee's job is, but the penalty shout on Rory O'Connor, penalty or not, what do you think? I don't think it was a penalty because I think really it might. I think I think Rory went down a little bit too early. No, I'm a devil for telling guys to put their hurl up and protect yourself when you're driving through with the ball. And if Rory had not have had his hurl up, the your the the, uh, the fullback would have wrapped his hurl around Rory's neck and it would have been a penalty, absolute penalty, stonewall penalty. But he did, he did consult the umpire, didn't he? He did. No, no, he, did, he, he didn't. He, he consulted the umpire for Matt O'Hanlon and Aaron Chanhurst, but he didn't for that one. He said throw-in. Oh, yeah, and he said a throw-in of all things. It, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand how it was a throw-in. I still don't understand how it was a throw-in, but I do think, I think Rory just, I think Rory just fell, and I, I think it made the decision easy for Fergal Horgan, especially with all the scrutiny that had went on during the week about dive, players in diving and, and everything with, with uh, James Owens and all that crack. But uh, Fergal Horgan's a strong character, like, and he was going to make that hard call. Um, I think he made it easy yeah. for himself. If we had a go- mm. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, Andrew. I, I, thought, I thought no penalty free out, to be honest. I couldn't believe he threw it in. I know, and, and it's like... He, he he overcarried the ball, fell in the ground. Like there was no way it was throwing. Like it was not. I didn't think it was a penalty, even in real time. And I look back at it when I come home in the evening. You thought you overcarried it? You think free out for overcarrying? Yeah, like he fell in the ground with the ball in his hands. Lads. He wasn't. It wasn't a penalty. Well, my question would be, what's the Clare lad doing? Are you just allowed to go around hitting other lads' hurls randomly with the ball in his hand, like? If anything, there probably was a, slap, a high slap with the hurl, but because Rory protected it with the hurl, it didn't. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, why, why is what? Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it shouldn't not be a free or a penalty because Rory protected himself. Like, it was a careless swipe at a hurl. Well, well, the decision Fergal Hargill made was no penalty. So it, he, someone like did Rory foul the ball then? Like it's if a free you throw the ball, it's a free out. But yeah, yeah, we still yeah. don't know how how it was a throw in. A throw ball, yeah. I'd love to ask Virgil why you threw the ball in. And but the it wasn't a penalty was... anyway. That's actually a mental decision. That's how it was a throw. Yeah, ball. crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah, the other one was, um, and I was, I mentioned, it, I know it's just one decision, but it was a two point swing. Kind of Damien Rick got fouled by Rory Hayes. Uh, I thought got fouled by Rory Hayes, and they. Fergal gave the free to Clare, which Tony Kelly pointed. And it would have been, I mean, it was a fair, fairly straight uh, forward free for Lee Chin if if it had gone Wexford ways. And I thought it was a rough enough foul and Hayes was already on a on a yellow card as well. We were probably lucky at for the, we were very, very lucky, I think, with that incident with Matt and Aaron Shanahan down the other end. Well, yeah, uh, to be fair, I thought that was a penalty uh, as well. And I'd say the only reason Fergal Horgan didn't give it is because he didn't give Rory's penalty. Yeah. And like two wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> yeah. I think we're very lucky there. The game had died down a bit from, um, and uh, they got in and he, he, I think he, he probably did get hit in the head. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but uh, we're probably lucky in that regard. Um, Chinner missed a free then straight after that. And that kind of sucked the life out of us a little bit. But um, 
like Jesus for the for just before the first war break and and, and just or, or just before half time and just after it sure it was amazing. We got seven points. Was it six or seven in a row? Outrageous. We got our dander up. We were flying it. There was points coming from everywhere. We were flying it. So we got got within was it two points? Got within two points about five or six minutes into the second half, and then they got the next three. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, there was a there was a point one one. There was one incident where Joe got turned over carrying the ball out. That was a killer. They turned. It was an easy turnover. It was an easy. That's, but that's that's the that example happens. I was making. When when teams know now, like they let Joe have the ball, right? There was no one no one fronting him up until just outside the forty five. And you could see Joe when he got it, when he put it onto the hurl. He was like, "What am I supposed to do here? Carry it?" You a lot of the time you look at Davy during a match. Anyone who gets the ball, he screams, "Carry it, carry it!" Carry. No matter no matter what the situation is. And it was as if Joe said he it was his first kind of game back. He just put it on the hurl, and I think Matt was over. I was looking. Matt was over to his left hand side. Obviously, he didn't see him. He was on his own. But it was just a panic station. And he literally ran into a crowd of five fellas. And you were telling me, if Joe O'Connor got that ball playing for the Martins, where was it going? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was in the Kieran Ling. It was like, once they have space, it's like their, their brand now. I know it's Club Harland. But like, he would never, ever do that again. Well, that's what's happening tactically during the game, senior and the county game especially, is uh, they're dropping off you. They want you to play it short to the full back line. And they're wanting your cornerbacks to carry it out. They're wanting they're wanting your cornerbacks to catch the ball twice and then have to hit it off the hurl or or have to force a hand pass under pressure. They're building that wall across the, the 45 and they're just saying, Come on, see can you see can you go through us or see can you see can you pick out a man um 60 yards down the field, you know, who's got a man welded to him. Mm. You know, I don't forget that Claire. Like Rory Hayes got man to match. I think Rory Hayes was he was definitely the the, the free defender for Clare. You know, if, if Wexford have Kevin Foley free, I think Rory Hayes was the free man. And he got on a mountain of ball. I think 10 possessions by half time. Um, so all these teams are getting so much better at using that extra player. It's not something just unique to ourselves anymore. These teams are able to play with the spare defender and they're able to play man on man. And so teams are getting so tactically um attuned to to what they have to do in the modern game now. Um, and that is what, it's at a seriously high level that's coaching at the, in the senior county game. Such a high level. And I'm afraid Limerick are probably at the pinnacle of that so far. There's one moment, actually, I think Wexford are three down at the stage and Ryan Taylor took a shot that hit the post. And I just thought, if that had gone over, it was game over. And I just thought when it didn't, that Wexford could come back into it. But alas, they didn't. But the big question, will Davy stay on? Should he stay on? Should Wexford keep him on? Three questions. <laughs> Andrew, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, do you think he'll stay on? I don't think he will. The the worrying thing for me was like post match interviews should have been about the game. I know obviously there's there's loads going on and I wouldn't wish it on any man or, and I, and I haven't, to be honest, I haven't really tapped into everything that's going on down there or the abuse that his family is getting and this, that, and the other and whatever's going on with Brian Lawn. But when, when issues off the field are taken center stage and massively center stage, it's, it's not good for the county, like, like for the players. Like, I don't, I don't think it's good news. 
and look what I, I think I think David Fitz has been phenomenal for Wexford and luckily I was I was involved at in at, at different periods and like as I said before he, he thinks differently about Harland something I've never ever seen any manager think about before and he lives and breathes it but it's when too much of the outside is getting in I, I just I, I don't think it's good from this from like a Wexford side of the things and me being from Wexford I don't think it's good for the Wexford setup and I don't and I don't think he'll stay on for himself either I think he needs a bit of a break out of it now whether the players want him back or not or want him to stay involved I don't know that either but I don't think he'll stay on I don't think he'll be Wexford manager in 20 next year 2022 What are your thoughts Davey? Well, it's an awkward question to ask the two of us, that's because we both played under, you know. Um, I was with the very first year and it was uh, it was a phenomenal, it was a phenomenal year. Learned more in that year that I've ever learned, to be brutally honest, um, and used going forward. But, um, and it was all our Christmases came together. Like we, you know, as players, we had been just looking for this, type of professionalism, this type of manager with, with, with tactical know-how, with experience of winning big games, experience of winning all Ireland as a manager, um, big personality, um, with a big personality. It's good from a player's point of view in terms of dealing with the county board um, and probably selling the brand of uh, Wexford GA and Wexford senior hurlers. Like, yeah, a lot of Wexford hurlers at the time, nobody knew and Today, like, there's a lot of lads that are household names and he's helped build that culture and he's helped improve Hurling within Wexford. Um, you know, he's been fantastic for Wexford Hurling, fantastic, and brought us to another level. Now it's a level now, can we can we move on again? Will he stay? Probably not. Is there, there, is there a huge, is there a huge um, push from supporters in Wexford now for somebody else yeah uh, there probably is um is that at times that can be lazy talk but if you talk to genuine people it's probably not in person it's just now we need a bit of freshness a bit of change um uh I thought the interview after the game wasn't good it wasn't good it was all clear and it wasn't it, as a Wexford supporter, as a Wexford person, and it was not what any of us wanted to hear. It felt like then was the was it a huge distraction coming up to the game? Was it a huge distraction this year? All that, um, we've been being beaten by Clare now three three times in Championship, isn't it? Um, the last five years, if I'm right, um, that's not good. We need this to be all about Wexford. We need it to be all about. How how do we improve? How do we get better? Um, that wasn't good at all, personally. Um, and that's probably not going to help his cause and, and not going to endear him to the Wexford public after, I suppose, a loss like that. But uh, it's a tough one. Uh, I was there before, I suppose, when we back when I started as a young player with John Myler, and we moved. You could say there was players moved against the manager and 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 also county board to to replace the manager and. You have to make sure that you're replacing the manager with someone that's credible and competent and up to the job. Maybe we're in a better place now to to get those people, to get those managers. Um, 
they have to be up to the job, lads. They can't just be good guys that are good at tweeting or guys that are good on the Sunday game. Or, you know, they have to be competent at what they do and the players will have to buy into them and the supporters will have to buy into them. So I don't know if there's anyone in Wexford that can do that right now. Um, and that's a huge problem as well, that we're not creating our own building, creating our own uh, managers within. I think in Wexford, we're probably too quick to um, criticise maybe people within the, within the county. Unless we start breeding our own managers, coaches, etc., we're going to keep looking to the outside all the time. Um, whoever, if he does go and we do come, we do. There is a manager that comes in, more than likely be a high-profile man, whether it's Derek McGrath or Eddie Brennan or or, or whoever. Um, I'd like to think that there will be a lot more Wexford people involved in the backroom team. I felt over the last five years, there probably wasn't enough Wexford people involved in the backroom team. And learning and improving and gaining experience. Um, I felt that there was a lot of guys that came in from other counties that left after a year or two with all that experience, with all that know-how, and have brought that off to other counties and other clubs. It's gone out with Wexford. So whoever it is, I hope to God that there's Wexford people involved in the setup. Yeah, that's what I think. I don't know if he'll be back. I don't know. I think five years is a long time. And I'd like the players themselves to think, um, to sit back and take a breather for take a breather for a while and not jump into anything and just um, look at it objectively and, and see what's best going forward um, for their own careers, really. I think five years is probably, I would say, you've had, you've had long enough, like... Not to criticise, I think he has done a good job overall. Brought first Leinster title in 15 years and made huge improvements. But five years is a long time in for any inter-county manager, really. And well, unless you're Ryan Cody. But especially for an outside, like a lad that's not from the county as well. Ryan Cody that's, have to be the outlier, really. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. Lads, I don't think you'll find many people that want that will want that that will want that role like an inter-county manager now it's a f- full-time role you know and there's a lot of scrutiny comes with it so like we can't be picky about this i suppose um but whoever we go for it's going to be very difficult coming in after a f- five years of davy fitz you know the players absolutely especially the, more, the most experienced players that have been with him for the whole journey. They love him. They do anything for him. So if you're a new manager coming in, it's going to be very difficult. You'll have to bring a fresh approach to it. There's no point going in, and I suppose. There's no point going in either and trying to change the whole thing dramatically. We probably saw, uh, that's probably what brought, that was probably the downfall of Padraig Fanning uh, with Water at that time. Probably came in and wanted to do everything completely different. And that doesn't work either. Um, you'll you'll find that you lose players very quickly in that if you try that approach. I'm not sure many will want it right after Davy. They might want to be the next man after. But following on from Davy, be very difficult for anybody. I don't think Wexford are as bad. But like, if you look at the two games, Kilkenny, we could have easily won that one. And I think with a bit of luck, we could have won the one on Saturday as well. I think there was chances missed. Such a bad start. I don't think 
Although we lost, we ultimately lost the two games, but I don't think we were that far away really in either. Uh, I'd agree. I mean, to take out last year, I mean, I, I think just because last year was so so bad, the two the nature of the two losses was so bad that the pressure was on a lot more this year. And we, have, have we gone backwards? Like we've in in two thousand nineteen, when we, when you could say we were at our peak, we drew with Kilkenny, we bet him by a point. Now, essentially, we we bet them by a point, and we won a Leinster final. This year we draw with them and then we lose after extra time. The Clare game, look, the start, you go eleven points down. They, they did show a good great character to come back into it, but like you take that I know I know you can't you can't ultimately take that first 15 minutes out of a game, but but yeah, I don't I don't think they are that far off. I just I, I do agree with the points though that the style of play needs everything to be working for for it to work. And if there's one or two things off, then you get some hefty scores put against you. Lads, we're very, like, Wexford are very competitive now. Competitive, yeah. f- at least. Like, Andrew, you remember what it was like when we were, when we were not competitive. And, we, and it was a battle to try and get into Division into Division One League. And getting massive beatings and being embarrassed. And, um, I mean, that time, lads... A few, like 10 years ago we probably didn't even have an identity at least now we have a style of playing and an identity that time they probably all just thought we were useless you know you, you even look at 15 Dev yeah like that's what, that's what I'm saying like if people have to understand like yes we won the Leinster title but the other thing Davy has brought is that competitiveness there's there's no team going to hammer Wexford anymore and that was happening on a constant and it's a, it's a consistency as well lads like at the time yeah you always said yeah one big game in a year yeah we put it up against the top team for one game and then play the following week and get a hammer right because it was but now we're competitive and at least we're, we're relatively consistent you know probably mid-cycle there of this five years very consistent Massively consistent, playing a Division One league, putting it up against Galway's Limericks, you know, playing those big games. You know, when we had supporters, crowds, mad, crowds in Wexford Park, mad to go see Wexford play. You know, the whole dynamic and the culture has has changed and has we have got a massive lift as a result. Like we've come on, like we said, Andrew know exactly what it was like, and we, um, I suppose as a as a as a player and, and where it is now. Like you'd still love to be a player, Andrew, wouldn't you? Even play the other day, you'd love to be in that position. Yeah. Yeah. Love to be in that position. So now it's are we in a position to drive the thing on even more? That's that's where we that's where we lie at the moment. We we cannot fall go backwards as a whole organization as a from a Wexford GA point of view. We have to move forward, and that's everybody. That's um, players, new management, Wexford GA, um, coaches, clubs, schools. Everybody now needs to push the thing on. It's going to be too easy now to criticize. Too easy to, you know, blame Davy for this, blame Davy for that, blame everybody but everyone now needs to make a, an effort now of getting down to their pitch and doing something 
whatever it is, doing something and making sure that we have a flow of young players that are constantly coming every year, every year. And that's how you make it consistent. And that's how we make it competitive going into the future. Um, and we don't, you know, we might be cutting ourselves at, at the moment, maybe underage that we think we're ahead of everybody. And I suppose, and me personally, as a coach, I know exactly we're not. We're not now since our under 20 defeat. We're not that far ahead of the lower ranked team uh, counties. So we have to drive the team on now. We have to make sure that everybody's putting in that effort behind the scenes for Wexford GA. Well, as we leave it on that inspiring note from David Red, and we'll move on to some of the other weekend's games. Um, Leash, Leash put up a good showing. The big improvement from, from their showing against us. They weren't too far away. I think lost to Waterford by five points. I think it's Stephen Bennett goal at towards the end. I didn't get to see it because I was in Tarlis. Did either of you get much of it? No, I didn't. I was in Tarlis as well. This is the last bit of it on the radio. We'll move on then from the Waterford Leash game. <laughs> I, I believe it was an improved performance. I'm I'm just uh, I'm just annoyed at getting rid of Paddy Parcel from my from my fantasy hurling team. Because he's after getting three seven in the last two games. The only thing last that worries me is that um is <laughs> how can Cheddar Plunkett wear that hat in twenty eight degrees? <laughs> I just, I just, it absolutely shocks me every day. I see the sweat was pouring down his face, and he's still wearing this hat. <laughs> um, but a uh, good, nice, nice, nice little win for nice win for Waterford all the same though, and nice to, like coming in under the radar. Um, they went from probably ranked third in the overall rankings for, for the All-Ireland now to, you know, falling under the radar a little bit, um, come through the qualifiers. Um, they're not a bad team and uh, Liam Cowell seems to be his top-class manager. So, um, like, the worst thing that could happen is for them to hammer leash. Not a bad result for Waterford, all the same. They have Galway coming up at the weekend now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think there's going to... I, I, I reckon there's going to be a massive sting in Galway. You have to expect an improvement from their showing in the semi-final oh, against I, Dublin. I, I, I think it. Yeah, I think it'll be more than that. Though. I, 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 I think they're going to do a job on Waterford. Waterford are willing to put up a big score, but um, play a lovely brand of hurling, and lads love how they're hurling. But they're very, very open at the back, really open defensively, and mm. like yeah. no better team than Galway. To, if you want to go into a shootout, you know. Between Galway and, and Tipperary, like they'll they'll go to a shootout all day with you, score thirty five points if needed. Um, so yeah, Galway always seem to fly under the radar a bit, and they're after being caught now by Dublin. So it'd be a huge kick in them with all that underage success up there. Like um, you know, you think that they'd be winning all Ireland every year, wouldn't you? Yeah, I suppose it's a bit it's a bit different to when they were caught by. Dublin in 2019 because they were knocked out then. Now they actually have a chance to respond. And I think every I, I think a lot of people from what I was listening to had regarded Galway as the closest challengers to Limerick this year. Yeah. Yeah. We look at the Leinster final then. Kilkenny winning by nine points. But like how how close would Dublin have gotten? They lost four players that morning. Two starting and two subs who probably possibly would have started in place of the others. 
the owner Donald, who many say is the best fullback in the country, gets injured after three minutes. How close would Dublin have got had those massive, massive issues not happened to them? To be honest, I I I I watched that match. Um, Kenny are just they're just dogged, aren't they? Like I think. I think they would have won anyway, and I think would, they would have won on a similar a similar kind of a, a scoreline. Um, they weren't at the race at all in the first half. Uh, like you see who they're bringing on now to finish games. Like it's scandalous. Walter Welsh, uh, Killian Buckley, and then like and they're the older crews, and then the younger fellas. Um, I think I've looked at that uh, when Carey made that run. Was that someone yeah. put it up on Twitter? Michael Carey. Yeah. I, I, I looked at it. I think I've looked at it five or ten times. I think I just kept on going back to look at it. Like they have, they have a balance now. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think they, I think they would have, I think they would have won fairly easy anyway. To be honest, like he's like Brian Cody is so he just, he just if he can get one more All Ireland, like, like that man will go until. Like that, that's that's why he's there for a hundred percent. I believe that hundred percent. I don't know whether it'll be this year because I said Limerick are, are, are off the charts, but Kilkenny, yeah, they're dogged, they're dogged, and they do now have that kind of depth again with older and younger balance. Do you think Limerick might have shown vulnerability though in the first half of that uh, Munster final? I don't know whether they fucking wiped it out in the second half, didn't they? They surely did. <laughs> How how to turn a screw like that from such a sh- from everything being such a shambles to what happened in that match is off the charts. And people say, oh, some of Tipperary's lads are bet they're they're struggling for legs and stuff like like it was just a clinic that Limerick put on the second half like of everything. Suffocated, suffocated, rope it up. Yeah, they um they brought on two all stars, which helps lads. Can you imagine yeah. if uh, you know if every team could just bring on two all stars like that? Like it, it was, it was like that to just let Tipperary, you know, go flat out there for the first half an hour in the heat, let them wear themselves out, and then we'll just bring on the finishers and, and bury it, which is phenomenal. <laughs> um, now, that's an interesting point, actually, though, as regards the older players and what you said, Andrew, about uh, Kenny bringing on Killian Buckley, bringing on Walter Welsh, bringing on those older players, more experienced players with a lot of miles on them. As opposed to starting mm-hmm. and tip it on the other way around. No, I don't know if you want to leave yeah. Brendan and all on the bench. I don't know, but is this the last year for Liam Sheedy? Is this the last year for a lot of those senior players? Um, personally, personally, I prefer to start as a player. You, you probably as well, Andrew. Um, but uh, yeah, Limerick, absolutely, and they absolutely put in the greatest quarter of all time mm. when they came back at him. Probably 10 points down. That goal, the goal from Kyle Hayes was absolutely phenomenal, lads. Phenomenal. Oh, scary. Like, he looked, when he picked up the ball beyond halfway and he actually, he, he tapped the ball off the ground twice. He didn't even need to do it the second time. So he had goal on his mind. He was saving his catches. He was saving his catches because he was going for goal, and that, that's what was happening. Shane Tompkins said to me, it was like nearly kind of a, a really strange kind of a flex, like, I don't have to do this, but I'm just going to bounce it off the ground again anyway. 
Like the hurl, the hurl was upside down, inside out, turned around the back way, front way, everywhere. Like it was, it was scandalous. It reminds me you know, sometimes when you see like, like, like an under fourteen division five match, and there's like one unbelievable fella, and like he gets the ball and he's on forty five, and he just ran through all the small fellas from the other team and just buried it. Like that's what it looked like. It was off the charts. I've never seen anything like it in a at senior level. You know that. Rory O'Connor actually scored an unbelievable point there in the Wexford game where he did similar enough where he picked the ball up in the half-back line, carried it, broke a tackle, bounced it off the ground and stuck it over on the left. It was unreal. Yeah. But in kind of Hayes' case, he actually brought it on and just scored a goal. <laughs> but their level of conditioning, lads, and the level the, the physique of the physique in general, like, you know, it, you might stick with him for a certain period of time, but you certainly won't stick with him for the whole game. Um, no. And I suppose if someone someone mentioned there today, if you're going to beat him, you only beat him once. And, and I suppose that was said about Kilkenny years ago. And that's why there's a lot of similarities in that Limerick team and the, and the Kilkenny team um, 10 years ago. Um, and they're also saying now, is this Limerick team the, the hurling the, the the hurling equivalent of the Dublin footballers? Are they at that level? Uh, I'm not so sure, but um, it was interesting. Uh, even at halftime, seeing Liam Sheedy clapping his players off. Um, I don't think he was clapping them off, saying that this is this is done. I think he was trying to drive them on. And then the other guy, yeah, Kylie and and Canarco, calm, cool, and. I know Shane Roach, uh, the Wexford football manager, did an interview during the week uh, and he just spoke about the Dublin footballers. And he spoke about the Dublin footballers that when you have them on the rack, it's, you have them until the water break. If you give them a chance to think about their plan, to think about their setup, to change something, you're done. And the same goes for Limerick. And yeah. if you give them an opportunity to set up, to change something, to change a setup, uh, the structure, the system in any little way, um, yeah, they have you, and um, as I said earlier, it, it helps when you can bring on two all stars to to short up in the back and and uh, cause consternation up front. But a tip need like every any manager in the country be like, over Tipperary be like, "Jez, we've done great in the first half. Just keep that up." So the tip nearly need to change, bring something new again in the second half, so as not to be overrun. Like. Yeah, personally, I, I felt that they probably they probably needed some some two or three players held in reserve to an extent. Now they probably to bring them in, to bring them in to have that impact. Um, I don't think they have. I don't think they have the same squad, the same panel that Limerick have, and it's surprising because they've done well in under twenty mm. in the last couple of years. Like so, yet again, it's it's that balance of bringing in the newer lads, probably in the same situation we're with Wexford at the moment, bringing in and trusting that younger talent, again, what you've already got with your experienced players. So Wexford and Tipperary are kind of in a similar situation in that regard. Um, you know, um, I thought John McGrath might have been an impact so, but they didn't, did they even bring on John McGrath? No. I don't think no. so. They didn't have the subs to bring in there to compete against what Limerick brought in. But that's a, that's the thing about Limerick as well. Like their like their whole twenty six is a joke. Like like any anyone they seem to bring in like has a massive impact. Um, 
the way they mix the, the way they mix it up between running the ball and long ball, um, it's I, I I do I obviously they're in they're in serious shape and all, but John Kylie I'd say has like is a massive is a massive reason why things are going so well. The fellas he has in his backroom team, like he, I'd say he's vocal, but the amount of work he lets lads within the backroom team do seems to be phenomenal. Like Roman Canark, like obviously no, look, it's, it's well documented that he's he's he seems to be a hurling genius and his coaching is supposed to be off the charts. But like their their strength and conditioning coach is obviously doing outrageous stuff as well. Like <laughs> I don't know who it is, but like it's outrageous. They are, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I, I think they. I, I think I said. It, I think I said it on the podcast before, lads. Um, they, they could, they could be five, six in a row job. They could be. I think it's more of a, more of a thing that, the strength and conditioning coaches have been there for since they were young. Like, you know, it's not just, it's not just here. Here's your strength and conditioning coach for the year, and he'll do it. You, they, these lads have been conditioned from properly you know since they're 14 15 yeah ben you're 100 it doesn't just happen when you just you can't just hand a guy a, a gym program and he's going to just uh, all of a sudden be six four four man now yeah like run you over um like, apparently what happened down there in limerick was um they got the investment from outside the investment was going directly to responsible people who wanted the particular people put in place to look after the academy? Anthony Daly was put in. Um, can't remember the man that headed the whole thing up. Anthony Daly was put in with a big profile. Um, their conditioning trainers that they had within that academy are currently a senior SNC coach, under 20 SNC coach, and possibly minor SNC coach, right? So they've even brought through their SNC coaches right up to senior. Um, so the investment was put in to pay these people. Simple as that, to pay these people. You know, they're, they're not all volunteers. Um, so you're getting qualified professionals in these roles. And that's where it all starts, is that level of professionalism. I feel there's an awful lot of perception at the moment. Now, possibly possibly within our own um, uh, county of what we're doing. But are we really doing it? Is there real substance there? A lot of the, like the day when you see when you see the guys playing the Leinster final or the Munster final, that's the highlight reel as such. It's the stuff behind the scenes that no one sees. That's where the real work goes in, and you have to make sure that that work is being put in place. Um, and Limerick certainly are doing it. I mean, from just to go back to Andrew's point about John Kiley, he seems to be the he's a Limerick man. Obviously, he's honest, he's humble, passionate about Limerick. Um, an interesting note is when Limerick win, he embraces his coaches and his management team right away. You know what I mean? It's not about him. That's what, it's, that's a that's a great sign. Um, certainly not about him. As regard bringing in younger players, he's obviously looking at it from a long term point of view as well. Um, even if you look at some of Limerick under twenty hurlers now, I think they're playing tonight. I think is it or they're playing this week anyway. They have a ready-made replacement for Kyle Hayes and 
Dermot Burns uh, at the moment. So they, they have a wing back playing. He must be six foot five. I think he's a sub on the senior team. So Andrew, uh, Andrew's right. This could go on for another while, another while yet, because they have this right structure in place, and they have this, they have this just constant flow of players coming. Probably not all perfect. It probably looks all rosy from the outside, but still, they're doing a lot of it, doing a lot of things well. I suppose even in saying all that and how good that second half was, we mightn't be talking about this at all. Had Paul O'Dwyer probably rightly sent off Aaron Galan for the swipe back on on Carl Barrett? I don't. There's, there's no arguments about that being red card. I assume. No, it was definitely it was definitely a red card. Yeah. Definitely. Was it worse, Andrew, than your uh, your red card in 2013? Yes, Ben, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was worse than your red card. Yeah. It was absolutely. That was. What did Michael Dynan say about that game, Andrew? I can't remember the butchery. He said that Dublin players were ducking under the ball because they were a little afraid, and, and rightly so. <laughs> I know Garrett Sinnott's was was the worst I've ever seen. Because <laughs> you have to remember, you have to remember which way he was playing as well. <laughs> he was wing forward, and the ball was it was our puck out, and he stood yeah. under the puck out with the wing back, and doubled on it back the way. Back the way, totally. <laughs> bad. Yeah. I brought your man's hand or head or something with it. Um, <laughs> I think it was his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we Dublin had a run on us that day. Probably didn't help when Andrew was gone off. All right, no. <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> that was a bad day at the office. I was actually I I had left. I was out of Parnell Park by half time. That day, made a fucking swift exit. You didn't hang around to no. shake hands. I did not. It was another interesting day, uh, Andrew. Down in Ross Lear. <laughs> when, yeah, you full, that when, you were full, <laughs> when you were full back on, on um, Shane. Well, I said, no, I, let me, can I tell you that story now? <laughs> a practice match now. So, as if we weren't set up enough, there was David Fitzgerald wanted a practice match against Wexford behind closed doors in Ross Lear. There was a fucking guard escort. There was a blockade at the gateway. And. Uh, he was trying his new systems, which we all are aware of now. A straight line of four forwards. And we said we'd push up man on man. And I was marking Shane O'Donnell full back. So, and the rest is history. But that way, I think he scored three six off me in a, 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 by half time. And I left. I went to play a club match. Ooh, it was like Lambs to the slaughter, lads, I'm telling you. <laughs> there was four men, four men in a straight line. I think it was, it was who, who was in that, who was there? I don't know. I was hiding up the field. It was absolutely. <laughs> I've never, I've never witnessed anything like it in my life. This is what year was this? Now? Uh, 2013. No. no, this is under done. Under the, under, yeah, in the practice match, yeah, 2013. There was four men, four on four inside of 65 yards, and they they were playing a straight line, dead straight line, and we were told not to mark, not to do anything, only tight on our men. So they had like. 50 yards right and left. It was an absolute shambles. That was when Davey drove the... Uh, what, they, they all came down in minibuses that day, Andrew. <laughs> a clamour of fair guys in these little minibuses and Davey was driving the minibus. Um, <laughs> top, top, top secret job. 
Um, yeah. Perhaps it was meant to be behind closed doors, but there was probably 500 people from Ross Lear. Oh. Um, Andrew, uh, does, that, does that explain why you were being tried out as full forward rather than in the backs <laughs> when you were yeah. with Davey? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> how, how long before you played Clare in the championship that year was this? It was about two, it was about two weeks before before uh, provincial championship I think wasn't it David? Yeah 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 um, sure he was yeah so we were waiting in in anticipation to see Shane O'Donnell absolutely tear the life out of um, somebody in in Munster was well I was but, praying uh, that he was going to do it so I had some sort of a comeback <laughs> even though I didn't. <laughs> Anyway, that's an interesting. There's an interesting clip there, lads. I just sent you in the chat box of Michael Dyne and ranting about how um how how Wexford were so filthy. And I remember one of the players distinctly saying at the time after the game, "Sure, isn't it good? At least they're saying something about Wexford because <laughs> at the time they just thought we were all useless. So at least they think we're dirty now. At least we've got some sort of an identity." I remember at the time thinking. Just Michael Dagnan, you're not really someone to talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of clips of him. Oh, Regan's a great lad to look at too, lads. Absolutely wicked. Pulling on every ball, even with a broken tongue. <laughs> Pulling on every ball. Pulling on lads' heads and oh, wicked. Has there been any backlash, Davey, to to Newbridge? No, no. Um, like that's what I mean. Like these the likes of Kildare, like there's the amount of work that's going in up there. Like, and it's not, I'm, I'm not bullshitting. It's like, it's there's proper work going in there. There's proper oh, investment. Yeah, yeah, like, like, Dave, like David Herity is their, see, David Herity from Kilkenny is their senior manager. And, um, you know, you think of just up in Nace there, I heard stories up in Nace of children that are joining the club and they get two hurdles and a, and a helmet given to them for their first day out, you know? Um, so, uh, the miners then went up against them um, last week, um, and you know it was a tough, tough game, and they came out on top near the end. Um, it was a tough game, so I think from our point of view, just did not perform. Looking back, if we played them again, um, we'd probably, if it was a different night, um, if it was a dry night, if it was this, if it was that, we'd probably put on, we'd probably perform better. But like, there was an ambush there, and. Um, it's just we were ambushed simple as that, and yeah, it happens. A young team, young team, a very, a very, a very young team, um, had probably not been in that environment. We went from getting good performances in challenge games, you know, against Clares and, and Limericks, and played Tipperary in the challenge game in Central Stadium with no crowd, with no hostile environment. So you're up in Newbridge. It's the crowd was there was a crowd there. It was a hostile environment. Um, guys just weren't used to that. You know, a lot of young guys had never, never played um, adult hurling. Um, so, Clare were a big, strong, physical team. So, listen, it's a dark, it, it was a dark night. And um, I think those players in particular, though, will, um, will learn from it massively because we actually need those players going forward. There has been a couple of incidents recently um with games, with club games, where some of the players have probably been abused um, from people on the line, and they just have to live with that now. Um, but we do need those players to move on. In one way, it could be the best thing that could ever happen. And um, we'll see. We'll see going forward. Time for everyone to reevaluate their position, maybe, and uh, and and look at what's 
what we can do going forward, maybe. It was difficult to understand some of their decision-making. That's young lads. Um, I certainly wouldn't blame the young lads. If anything, you'd have to look at us as a management, first of all. And that's what I did personally. Sat down and wrote down exactly what we could have done differently, what I could have done differently. Um, a lot of it was it been it was a fantastic number of weeks, like unbelievable number of weeks with that group. Young team. Listen, um, we played up. We clear started with a sweeper. Um, we probably hadn't played against a sweeper all year. Had um, we probably uh, weren't accustomed to playing that style and we did like the guys to hold on to the ball and not just drive it away. Um, did we hold on to the ball too much? Yeah. Did you run into trouble? Yeah, absolutely. Were, were they more physical and, and were they more stronger in the tackle? Absolutely. They were strong and they were... Um, so, yeah, decision-making. Just um, everyone, can, everyone just has to learn from it now. Um, I suppose, looking back, you can't change. We had four 20-year-olds up to the age starting you know there wasn't a whole gang of 20 year olds elsewhere in the county that we could have went and, and, and picked up before the game or there wasn't a whole lot of lads there so we were yet again we were working with that with, nine, with, 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 with a younger group of players that had won minor a few years ago they were all 19 they've all another year on it so there's a lot of pressure on those lads probably unneeded but um, listen it's a uh, it just probably it brings us back down to earth, brings everyone back down to earth. Um, you'll never take anything, never be complacent or take anything for granted anymore, I'll tell you that. Um, but uh, we, as I say, I'll, I'll repeat that, though we, we need all those players. There's some exceptional young lads on that squad. They will play for Wexford, absolutely. There was some stuff that went on this year um, with players personally. Um that was unreal and no one will ever know about. Um, it's a really awkward age group. Like, you know, there's boys, boys becoming men. So you've got to deal with all that crack as well. There's a huge amount of distractions behind the scenes, you know, with guys at that age. So sometimes people forget that. Sometimes supporters forget that when they're looking in from the outside, you know. Um, but anyway, drive on. Right, we'll try to leave on a, on a positive note. Andrew, you want to give us something? <laughs> something positive. Okay. That was a that was a massive insight from Davy Red. There wasn't a whole lot of positive takeout. Um, <laughs> look, I, I I think the positive is that Wexford now are Davy said constantly competitive, and that's something that a lot of people have to remember. Um, if Davy does decide to go, I, I think that's actually single-handedly the most important thing that he's done over the last five years. That you know any match that Wexford go in, no matter who it's against now, they have a chance um, that wasn't there before. And I also think that uh, that under-20 team getting bet by Kildare is, I think you're going to see a big spring from that group of lads next year as well. Um, sometimes when you're young, like I, I remember, I, I, I would have went into the senior team when I was young enough. Um, getting a beating like that from uh, from a team that like shouldn't be near you on paper is 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 absolutely no harm at all. 
Yeah, so I think the, the under-20s will win Leinster next year. And um, the seniors will be back in the Leinster final, competing again. And will the minors win Leinster this year? Playing uh, Dublin Wednesday night. Good team, lads. Good players. There's good players on that team. I saw them playing against uh, Kildare. Um, good players. They're Dublin are strong. Dublin are strong, as it bloody well always are strong at minor level, lads. And um, I think minor is always your best opportunity of being successful in, in Leinster because bloody Galway are in Leinster at minor level. So, um, yeah, I think there are. We're looking forward. Maybe we'll get a year out of them, hopefully. But uh, another thing, like the club championship now, because because we're out that little bit earlier than expected, maybe. Generally, what happens now is lads are absolutely mad keen to play for the club. So the club championship, lads, should be, should be unreal. Mm. Should be unreal. Like, there's guys I know for a fact now some of the senior guys are already back wanting to train with the club and play some league games or wanting are, are on the phone already like wanting to play those games so that's that's huge right thanks lads thanks thanks lads uh, Damien Fitzhenry is the best at what he did to ever play with unquestionably was the best there ever was my god he was just so a magician. I'm the youngest of the 15, uh, nine brothers and five sisters. They just stuck you in the goal then? Yeah, well, uh, a so-called goal, uh, two tower barriers. Damien Fitzhenry is the best goalkeeper I've ever played, but you know I'd say, say that. Damien Fitzhenry is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. So I'd probably, like, I'd probably say Damien. Unfortunately, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it as I believe he got lost on his way back from Thurless. You you haven't heard anything from him? I haven't, no. no. I'm a little bit surprised though because he's normally got a very good sense of direction. He's a bit stubborn now. He won't use Google Maps, so maybe that was the issue. Well, hopefully, hopefully he finds his way home soon. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to our sponsor, the Enniscordy Credit Union. And we'll be back next week with another podcast. Take care. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through 